joined by Chris Benefield. Chris, how are you? I'm, you know, Carolina just beat Duke. I'm, I'm, I'm always good after that. It sounds like you're vacuuming. It's uh, ambient background noise. Just, just enjoy it. Just go with it. Just go with it. <laughs> it sounds like there's a fan blowing in the background. Old houses are noisy, you know. I can't help it. Okay. Would the heat just kick on? Uh, yes, I believe that is what you're hearing. Okay. Well, that that provides people not from Minnesota with some ambiance of what it's like to live here. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of Minnesota, we just got done hosting the Super Bowl right here yep. in our town. What festivities did you take in while the big game was here in the Twin Cities? Yeah, pretty much none. So a week, more than a week before the Friday night, a week ahead of the Super Bowl, I tried to go to a local restaurant here approximately 20 miles from downtown, and you could not get a spot in the parking lot. Um, I promised my son sushi, and we couldn't park anywhere. And I decided kind of then and there that I probably wasn't going to mess with too much of the Super Bowl stuff. Um, I know you took a different angle, so you can talk about that. I did, yeah. We So I had tweeted out some pictures along the way. So we live very close to the Mall of America, and that was one of the staging grounds for the Super Bowl. So the week leading up to the game, Radio Row and all the media stuff was in the mall because the mall is enormous and they have conference space and other stuff going on there. So just as a matter of course on the weekends, because it's so cold here, you can't really walk outside comfortably, Mm. especially with a one-year-old. We take our son to the Mall of America Usually before it opens, before the store is open, the mall itself is open for mall walkers, and mm-hmm. we're in that category now where we're mall walkers. <laughs> um, I guess I, I guess I'm that old. It says you in the seventy plus set. Yeah, and those people move, man. They are motor. Mm-hmm. So not messing around. Typically, Emily and I will load up Hugo on the stroller, and we'll take him around. And it's really nice because you can get. Usually, when we do that in the morning, we're getting six to eight thousand steps before nine thirty, ten o'clock in the morning. So it just feels mm-hmm. like the rest of the day you can be lazy but you've still actually worked out and exercised. Right. Um so the weekend before the Super Bowl we were there well actually Emily wasn't there, she was out of town. I was there with Hugo and it was cool to see everything being set up. Um the big rotunda area, they were getting ready to film some stuff and NFL Network and ESPN, they were all setting up shop. Like, no one famous was there necessarily. but mm-hmm. um, So that was the weekend before. And then the week of the game, we went downtown on Friday to what they called Super Bowl Live. So mm-hmm. in one of the lobbies of, I think it's the IDS Tower in Minnesota or Minneapolis, ESPN was filming. So we walked in and if you're sports buffs, you you know who Adam Schefter is. He's the NFL insider guy. He always reports on the trades and who's hurt, who's injured. So he was there filming. They were on set. And Sage Steele, who's one of the uh, commentators or hosts of the show on ESPN, and Teddy Bruschi, who's a former player, 
and he looked pretty angry <laughs> because whenever they weren't filming, he just was not really interacting with anybody. I don't know if he wasn't feeling well or something. Well, he's a patriot. Well, that's the Belichick way. You know, yeah, he's he's like not really interacting with anybody. But that was cool just to see that being filmed. We ran into – well, not ran into, but we saw some other NFL players down there because um, I think NFL Network was filming across the street. And But the problem was it everything's outside. So mm-hmm. a lot of the attractions and things, they just had turned a city block. And I think they were trying to go for more of a Bourbon Street feel where people would get beers and walk around and there was these different – events or activities you could do outside but it was literally zero degrees <laughs> with, which is what i wish for with a wind and with the wind chill it was colder mm-hmm. and everything was outside and we just decided okay we're gonna take you go to daycare as normal on a friday take the day off from work and just go down there and experience it and there were some bars that were open and you know we got inside for lunch and it wasn't terribly crowded Mm-hmm. which was probably a disappointment to the organizers. Mm-hmm. But you're having an outside event in Minnesota in February. Right. You just kind of have to do the math. It's going to be cold. But it was fun. We had a good time. They they had a ski slope set up in the middle of the street, which we did not do, but we were watching people ski down that, and they had other little events and games and like you could stand in a snow globe and they take your picture and all that fun stuff. So it was cool. We were down there for most of the day, left there around three o'clock and then went to pick up our son. And I think I had borderline hypothermia because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't drink much at all, I, but we didn't really eat enough and didn't have a mm-hmm. lot of water throughout the day. And it was zero all day. Yeah, we were outside most of it. So by seven o'clock, I think my body just shut down and I was asleep. But yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. Yeah, my assumption was going into it that the national press was going to complain endlessly because, you know, they like to go to Miami and San Diego and New Orleans and have it be kind of a vacation. And now they're in Minnesota. And actually, like, uh, admittedly, I, I didn't watch very much of the coverage going on, but it seemed like it was fairly well received nationally. But I, going into it, I assumed that they were going to, you know, bitch and moan about the cold weather and snow and whatnot so my wish going into it was for like a giant blizzard followed by like negative 20 degree temperatures to just really let the hate flow um and we didn't quite get there but we had some nice snow on that friday night leading into the super bowl weekend and some pretty frigid temperatures after that so people definitely got the minnesota experience that they were here yeah we i was talking about that with somebody else during the week we we had almost perfect conditions in some ways to show off Minnesota. It's like, yes, it's cold, but it snows and it can be really pretty and beautiful and people still go outside and do things. Mm-hmm. And when people complain about the cold, I get <laughs> sort of defensive and provincial. It's like, <laughs> well, it's not that big of a deal. You know, <laughs> you know, if you lived here, you're not, you know, you, you get used to it. Like you almost take it personally when somebody else is talking ill of the place where you live, even though I'm not from here, but I've lived here, geez, probably half my life combined. Well, not that long, but a long time. 
So, yeah, you, you get defensive about people making comments about how cold it is. And then over the weekend, we went back to the mall leading up to the Super Bowl. And my wife was excited because she was hopeful to see some celebrities. And that really didn't happen. The only person we saw was Dax Shepard, who's on, I think he's either on Parenthood or This Is Us, one of those really somber network shows. Right. I think he used to be on MTV way back in the day. Uh, and he has the series of commercials with him and his wife, right? Yes, because he's married to Kristen Bell, who we did not see. Mm-hmm. Um, but we saw him up on the third floor, and my wife did not go charge him or anything. She kind of kept her cool. That's very restrained for her. It is. I was kind of surprised. I was like, are you going to go up and say hello? Because he was, he was like with a crew. I wouldn't call it an entourage, but he was with mm. – I don't know if it was handlers or something like he was just walking around the mall and pointing at stuff. And he he was like right near us. And my wife like tried to be all not too covert, but like took a picture of him and was thinking about going up to talk to him, but she decided not to, which again is not like her at all. (laughs) (laughs) Just off her game. Well, I think had it been somebody that she was a little bit more attached to, Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm. You know, like if Joey McIntyre was walking around the Mall of America, the poor guy would have been tackled. Right. So we were once walking the streets of Chicago. We flew out there for a Pearl Jam concert, I don't know, five years ago. It was when they, their first time at Wrigley, the one that got rained out for a good three, four hours. So mm-hmm. we flew in for the show and we were coming right from the airport and looking for the hotel and we went an extra block in the wrong direction. And I'm, walking by these two guys and I do sort of a double take and I keep walking and Emily goes, is that, I'm like, yeah, it's uh, Mike and Jeff from Pearl Jam. (laughs) And she's like, well, aren't you going to go say hello to him? I'm like, what am I going to say? I don't, I don't want to be that guy. And she's just like, you have, you have to go introduce yourself. When are you ever going to get this chance? So she basically stopped me and forced me to go up to, the lead guitarist and bass player from Pearl Jam, and I. Hi guys, I'm your number one fan. I just, I was like, had the biggest grin on my face, and I was trying to be all humble and like come up with like the most sincere words ever, and it just sort of came out like, "Thank you for everything." <laughs> <laughs> you want to see my tattoo? <laughs> uh, but it was great because Mike, they, they've all traveled all over the place, and and Mike especially has been here in Minnesota quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that's great. Where'd you guys fly in from? Because they sell our suitcases. Like, oh, we just came in from Minneapolis. And Mike starts dropping specific locations in the Twin Cities. He's like, oh, where are you from? You from this town or that town? And just started having a normal person conversation with us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're in Egan. He's like, oh, yeah. And like, he was just kind of going back and forth. <laughs> with Emily and I, and then I was I was aware that I was just having a conversation with Mike from Pro Jam, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, can I get a picture?" And so I have the picture framed along with the mm-hmm. poster from the concert. And just the rest of the day, I was on cloud nine. I was like, "I can't believe I met those guys." So that's usually Emily's role. She will wingman. Yeah, she is not. She's pretty fearless when it comes to that stuff. So, mm-hmm. but that was the only celebrity you saw at the mall for the Super Bowl. But again, it's it was fun to get out and walk around. And we watched the Super Bowl, and I have a lot of family and friends who are from South Jersey, and they're all Eagles fans. 
so they enjoyed the outcome. So I think overall it was it was a good experience. It was a fun game. How, how did you feel about the halftime show? I really like Justin Timberlake. I th- mm-hmm. I thought that I know you do. I thought the reviews of it being fine were pretty spot on. It's kind of underwhelming. Feels like it could have been something different or something more, but it was fine. I, I don't I don't think a negative review is fair, but I, I don't know. It, it didn't like blow any doors off anybody. I don't think. Yeah, no, it seemed pretty by the numbers and whatever to me. I mean. Local peeps, I think, especially appreciated the the Prince tribute, which, by the way, if I've had this discussion a few times on social media, the uh, outside shot of, you know, Minneapolis turning into the purple Prince symbol did, did not really happen. That, that, that was CG. If, I thought that was obvious. Pick up on that. I felt like it was fairly obvious, too, but um, I've had a number of people on um, social media that were – pretty sure that it was real um, well some of those so I, same people are confused about other things too that we can talk about <laughs> <laughs> right we, this, maybe we'll get there to that. is that yeah. um but but yeah there those people quote unquote are not alone like a lot of people yeah. really did think that it actually happened and uh, I, I don't know me being like the destroyer of fun keep having to show up and um, various threads and be like, no, let's talk about why this didn't actually happen. And yeah, cynical, but cynical Chris had to roll in and set people straight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, no, I thought it was, it was fine. It was entertaining, but pretty, pretty bland. Nothing, nothing super uh, amazing about it. Um, I saw I get some pretty harsh reviews, which I don't completely get either. I just thought it was pretty, pretty middle of the road well and i think there's so much build up to it the, the prince thing was you just kind of assumed that's going to happen and then i think it leaked out that it was going to happen so that wasn't really much of a surprise it was like okay check that off the list he did the prince tribute if there was less time between when he was announced to be performing here you know people might not have had as many expectations then the other thing was like well is janet jackson going to show up and then they i think they kind of quash squash that rumor then it was like, mm. well, was Sync going to show up? And that seemed to be not what was going to happen. So it was just him doing his thing, and I think he does his thing pretty damn well. I, I feel like he just needs to have a show in Vegas. and <laughs> well, I'm sure that's coming. That should just be his thing. Like mm-hmm. He should just do a show in Vegas a few nights a week, and I, I feel like he could have lived very comfortably doing that. But yeah, it was okay. He had a very odd shirt on. <laughs> Didn't quite get that. That I don't even remember. It was this almost mural. I think there was some deer involved. There's mountains. Oh, but see, his new record is made in a cabin in the woods. Like he's uh, Bonnie Bear. So there, that that's probably why. Yeah, I guess he's he's got ads on Twitter that keep popping up for Levi or I don't know. Somebody, yeah. somebody was saying he's in the dad pop stage of his career. Yeah, the record is getting some real mixed reviews, like some pretty positive ones and some real negative ones, depending on who you uh, who you read. I haven't, I haven't listened listened to it. I, my favorite thing that he did during the the weekend was after Jimmy Fallon went off the air, him and Fallon did a Barry Gibb talk show. <laughs> 
Nice. And not they didn't do the whole thing, but they just did the the song, like the intro song, for mm-hmm. it, which uh, Barry Gibb Talk Show is genius. So yeah, it's a classic. That's just phenomenal. So I was excited to see that. Mm-hmm. Fallon was up here close to me. Um, he did a segment where he showed up at quote unquote random Minnesota family's home to you know have dinner, eat uh, tater tot hot dish, and you know other Minnesota recipes. And my local one of my local breweries that I'm actually was at earlier tonight, 10K Brewing, got uh, got in on that. He he drank one of their beers as part of that segment, so that was kind of fun to see. And I had tater tot hot dish the last two nights. It was it was made fresh last night, and we had leftovers tonight. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Uh, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the things you were asking me about this week, and I've been both explaining it to people and also sort of rationalizing and defending the behavior of Philly fans because I'm from that area. <laughs> right. It's been a weird spot because – I was actually talking with a good friend, uh, my friend Chate, today on the phone because the parade was today. So we're recording this on on Thursday. So the parade out there was earlier today. And the behavior of fans, not only in Philly, I think it's East Coast and certainly some other pockets of fans, but the behavior is reprehensible. It's, It's horrifying. It's completely inappropriate and in some cases dangerous. And at the same right. at the same time, just that mentality is kind of endearing. It's what I grew up with. It's why right. it's why I care so much about sports teams that I care about. And it was really odd for me to move to Minnesota the first time back in '98, and like the Vikings would lose, and I'd listen to local sports talk, and they'd be, "Oh well, what a great try! You know, we had a, it was a close <laughs> game." You know, we'll get them next week. And I was just like, why don't you people care about football? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Now, we probably should point out that Vikings fans are, you know, pre-1998 Boston Red Sox fans. Like, deep down, they believe that they will always get screwed. So they are mentally prepared for the fact that – Has that changed in the last 20 years? Because I think – well, after post-Minneapolis Miracle, I think they – we're feeling pretty good, and then it got. Um, they had a yeah about a hot smacked, minute, yeah, and and then exactly what always happens happened. So they're right back to where they always are. So I think that's part of the mentality is that long term Vikings fans have learned that their season will always end in disappointment, and you know they're they're they kind of have the um, uh, defenses and whatnot ready for that. Um, and it's it's just not an East Coast vibe, but I'm sorry, my I interrupted. Go ahead. No, it's it's not. I'm not. I'm not making any excuses for some of the stuff that goes on in Philly. And we actually, I have a member of my wife's family who's somebody in their family had gone to the game and basically got yelled out of the stadium for the NFC Championship because they were wearing Vikings jerseys. And, well, there sounds like there was more than yelling. There was actual, yeah. like, you know, they got tackled after the Vikings scored their lone touchdown. So, and it's like a sixty-something-year-old man. Yeah. So, and I would have, I would have advised this person, if you have family going to the game, they shouldn't wear Vikings gear because it's it's like going to war. 
which is ridiculous. Like, yeah. and this is something that, you know, we talked about some with people on social media that I've never heard of another situation like this where local travel agencies, you know, will provide packages of like air and tickets to, you know, a game like that. And they were actually sending warnings to people, you know, sort of similar to what you get when you like you've booked a trip to like Syria, dangerous or yeah, dangerous parts of Mexico or like you booked your African safari and there is like civil unrest in Kenya. Like they were sending people warnings about traveling to Philly as Vikings fans and the the violence that you might be encouraging by showing up to root for what when you really boil it all down is a corporate entity that puts your city or state's name on the jersey. We really need like, like a cynical Chris drop. <laughs> When Cynical Chris comes out, like, just Cynical Chris. <laughs> but I, I, I just I, – You're rooting this, for laundry. At this point in my life, I just – I have no patience for that ridiculousness. And, like, I, you know, being a, a big fan and whatnot is fine. Like, uh, you know, my – sentence you know a second ago shows that like i'm a little bit cynical about the entire endeavor of the nfl at this point i mean i just you know i still enjoy watching the games and whatnot but i just i don't it's a little bit hard for me to understand why fans are so connected to most teams like there's a few teams like the green bay packers have something kind of very specific to that area and i kind of get it but you know just to throw batteries at people because they showed up in your stadium with the opposing team's jersey just to i like i I don't have any patience for it at, at this point in my life there's nothing endearing about it to me like i get it that it is for some people but not me well and it's amazing i i felt one of the most again brilliant sad twisted but also kind of funny was duracell tweeted out to the eagles you <laughs> yeah, know batteries have such a strong history in philadelphia and like congratulations mm-hmm. to the eagles and it was these this uh gif of batteries raining down us but this is part of the problem like it's, we do kind of celebrate it and it's yeah got, exactly it's a badge and, of honor and, for the city and, and that region and for better and worse it's part of the identity and people are like oh that's those philly fans and it, and the national media is all over it, and again they they sort of cover it like it's a bad thing, but you know very similar to ESPN's coverage of the whole Ball family ridiculousness, which I have also zero patience for. There's very much like a glorifying aspect to it, and you know there's this minority of fans in that city, and and they're not alone. You know, those kind of knuckleheads exist in virtually every fan base and especially kind of like that East Coast vibe. There's there's definitely like a I don't even know a sort of a mentality for certain fans about how you're supposed to act as the home fans of a of a team. But Philly is really one of the few places. The only one I can think of sort of similar would be like the black hole in Oakland where it has a bad reputation and the people, some of the people anyway, involved in it just kind of 
revel in the fact that they have that um, reputation, but then also get mad and defensive when like other people start to point out that like this is kind of pretty ridiculous well, no. <laughs> and you should kind of be ashamed of no, yourself. No, I mean in some ways it's it's like what we were talking about with the weather here. Like we all complain about how cold it is and like, oh, we can't wait for spring and it's been below zero for the last two weeks and it's miserable and it's dark. And then somebody visiting is like, man, this place is way too cold. And you're like, hey, whoa, whoa, wait a second. This <laughs> you, you, you suddenly get defensive because someone else is questioning the very thing that you don't really like. And and see, I just you know again, this is probably just me being me and like uh, you know Cynical whatever. But like, Chris. right? I like I don't like if people show up to Minnesota and they're like, it's super cold here. I'm like, yeah, it is. This is one of the things that sucks about it. Like, there's a lot of great things about it, but that is one of the bad ones. And like, I feel like philly really needs to take a hard look at themselves and be like yeah you know uh, being passionate about something is great but this behavior is just ridiculous and there's this again i i get it that it's a minority and i get it that it's sort of tied up with other things that go on in philadelphia like the whole mummers thing and whatnot but it's ridiculous and like i i personally just have zero patience for it i i i think it's embarrassing well it's I mean, the other thing that goes along with just that that attitude of us against them, I mean, it's not limited to sports. So you take that attitude, you combine it with something that very much is a competition. Or the other thing that comes up is big games like NFC Championship playoffs. You have just hours and hours of people drinking, yeah, and like I've I've been a part of I've went to two NFC Championship games in Philly in mm-hmm. two thousand one and two or two and three. Whenever they lost to the Bucks and then they lost to the Panthers, I was at both of those games, and mm-hmm. then I didn't go the next year and they won. So everyone always told me I I was the reason they lost, <laughs> and I I was there. I was people show up at the parking lot at six seven o'clock in the morning. They're drinking all day. The, the yep. game doesn't start until 3 or maybe 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. People are tuned up beyond belief. So that lowers all of your inhibitions, and you're not thinking clearly. And then you have sixty to 70,000 people. There's a mob mentality. It's regardless of how many police you have there, it's not – you're not able to control that type of situation. I'm surprised worse things don't happen. And it's not just sporting events. Like, this happens at concerts. I, I remember it getting really sketchy at Woodstock back in 99. We left early because right. it's like, this is a bad scene. Something really bad is going to happen. And we left. And then the next day, it got really bad. So it's, I mean, it's not just Philly, it's not just sports. This you mix feeling anonymous, alcohol, and like this mob mentality, and it's not bad things typically happen. Yeah, you are absolutely right, and it is certainly not limited to Philly or Eagles fans. But again, I think that there's 
the, the one difference is just the degree to which both some people in Philly really revel in that attitude and the way the sort of the national media in some ways does the same like they sort of do it like they're criticizing but they also kind of do it like in that like oh philly fans they're so funny and it's like a wink and like, a nod in some ways yeah and i just i i personally just like i, I don't have any patience for it like i i yeah i again love passion for your team like i i love the local story that i sent you about the philly fans that were looking for a place to watch the game <laughs> here locally didn't have tickets to the game and saw a bar called the eagle and we're like well that's an omen we should go there <laughs> and the eagle is a gay club uh here and they showed up and the people were like you know they started tweeting out and whatnot that like we've got philly fans here and like it sounds like they all had a great time and i've been around that too with people from that area um that you know in some cases because of you and like i do love that sort of enthusiasm and just kind of like bringing people into the party like that part is great but philly's gotta they gotta put the hammer down on well, just the ridiculousness. And it can't be anything that comes from the outside. It has to be other fans seeing that kind of behavior because it's not everybody. But, but No, it's, I think it's a really, it's a minority, a significant but one, it, but it's still a pretty small minority of but people. But there has to be consequences with your in-group mm-hmm. for doing something like that. And until that happens, I, I don't know how you weed out that behavior i don't know i i could talk and about the whole kind of philly fan experience because again i am one like i'm a huge philadelphia flyers fan hockey and i've shed tears of joy and sadness and they had a game earlier this year where they retired the jersey of eric lindros so they had him come out and they did this video package and i was just beside myself i was (laughs) In tears for like 20 minutes just thinking about growing up because he played in the 90s and that's like right when I was in high school and stuff and it was they were terrible and then he took them to the playoffs and they had some some good playoff runs and it just it means so much to me but I would never berate somebody in another team's jersey like that's just that that part I never got right uh, so I, I appreciate the passion. I'm glad I have that for sports. It's dulled now. It's, I mean, I'm 40. I instead of watching every game live, I tape them and zip through them in the morning on the, while I'm on the treadmill. And you know, I still am a big fan, but it's not nearly as big as it was 10, 20 years ago. Right. And, you know, we're like 33 minutes and counting on sports ball, which is boring the crap out of, you know, people that don't give a crap about it. But, yeah, you know, I have always been a big sports fan and I still dearly love Georgia football, Carolina basketball. Um, But I, I just there's a limit to me at this age of how invested I can get in professional sports teams, especially in the era of, you know, free agency and salary caps. And what it just, it's, I don't know. Again, it's, it's very much corporate entities that 
you know, sort of capitalize on this uh, sort of the same provincial stuff that we're talking about before of like, this is our team. It's just, you know, it's Minnesota, it's Philadelphia. And it's like, you know, most of those players don't live in your town. They don't care about your town. <laughs> Are you know. ready for this segue? Cause it's, it's going to be really good. Yep. So one of the other things we had on our list to talk about is the response to the solo trailer, which premiered during the, Super which premiered Bowl. during the Super Bowl, but also, there are some toxic things going on in nerd fandom as well that yeah for not sure. exactly parallel Philly fans mm-hmm. but their fandom is an issue in general and it's not limited to sports mm-hmm. by any means the the entire reactions it's not limited to the solo movie but there's been a bunch of Star Wars news this past week so right. not only the solo trailer came out well, the commercial came out during the Super Bowl, and then the trailer dropped the next day. And then I mm-hmm. think two or three days later, they announced that the guys um, from Game of Thrones are going to be doing a new Star Wars trilogy. And to say that the reactions were mixed to that would be a kind way of discussing what some of the reactions been to that. Um, See, I only saw positive reactions to that. but There is a strong contingent of the folks like a lot of folks that i follow and and people that kind of pay attention to and star wars land that are frustrated that it's more white men in charge of Uh, star wars mm -hmm. and also that some people are like oh now we can finally get a rated r star wars and people yeah that's not gonna happen saying that's ridiculous and all this another podcast i listen to talks about politics and how everybody's a pundit now like no one really talks Mm -hmm. about news it's just opinions about the news (laughs) and i feel like fandom has become that way and every one has a forum and i'm preaching to the i'm looking in a mirror because we have a podcast and we're talking about these things but are you asking him to change his ways yes um (laughs) it's a great song (laughs) it's a really good song so yeah the I tend to sit on the sidelines for a lot of this. Like we have very close friends that we, we talk to around here, folks that I camped out in line for all the prequels and we'll talk about Star Wars for hours when, when the opportunity mm-hmm. presents itself. But getting into backs and for, back and forth on Twitter with anybody about what this means or doesn't mean, like, I don't know. I just, I don't have the time for it. Well, and so here's an interesting thing because you know, as we've kind of established over these episodes of this show, like Twitter is not my main social media forum. And so on the ones that I pay more attention to, the reaction MySpace. to the whole Game of Thrones. Yes, on my on MySpace, man, people love it. Um, <laughs> but but seriously, like, you know, for people that just are chosen because I, I really know who they are and they're friends of mine, like the like the, on that day that that was announced, there were two big things happening. One was the whole SpaceX launch and whatnot. And the other was like the Game of Thrones guys are going to do a Star Wars trilogy. And it was just total love fest f- for both. Whereas Twitter just tends to be a little bit more toxic. Like, I, you know, for whatever reason. What do you think overall about the solo stuff so far? So, you know, I try not to play super super close attention to these things um just mainly for not having like a ton of spoilers before these you know were still 
six months away or I guess it's maybe I guess it's more like three and a half months away at this point. But anyway, a ways out from it. So I try not to pay really close attention. But like, you know, I'm aware of kind of the issues around the movie, the firing of the original directors and bringing in Ron Howard and the idea that they were trying to make a movie that had like more comic elements and then Disney didn't like what they're seeing and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, when I saw the actual trailer, just for the most part, I thought it looked fun. I don't know how much we want to get into talking about Lando, but I I, I have a, a special place in my heart for Lando, um, and I also I'm I'm not going to call him Crispin Glover. I'm just not going to do it. Crispin Glover um, as Young Solo would be amazing. <laughs> I do like Donald Glover a lot, and have been a huge fan of that casting since I heard about it. Um, and uh, you know, I'm I'm excited for Young Lando. You know, the, the main thing with that movie, and I'm not really breaking any news or new ground in terms of opinion, is just that you're having somebody try to be this very iconic character who really only vaguely resembles the iconic character that he's supposed to be playing. And, you know, I, I, I have kind of a gut reaction every time I see him, whether it's photos or during that teaser trailer or whatever we're calling it that they did during the Super Bowl and that is you know more or less screw you that is not Han Solo <laughs> so that's going to be the big thing to see like how how much you can kind of overcome that when the actual movie comes up that's been one of the things that I found really interesting about the reception so far to the trailer and I don't have the the language or the research to really go much more beyond Everyone loves Donald Glover's Lando. I haven't seen one person on Twitter or in person who has said, like, ah, yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull that off. Like, everybody seems to be totally 100% on board with him as Lando, myself included. Mm -hmm. And I've yet to run in anyone but maybe myself who's like, yeah, the other guy's a good actor. I saw him in another movie, and, you know, I'm – going to give him a shot to see if he can pull off young Han. Everyone is pretty darn skeptical about whether or not that guy is going to be able to pull it off. And I think there's a lot of factors that play into it. I think he's less well-known than, than Donald Glover, mm -hmm. who, yep. I mean, it seems like Donald Glover could go on to win an Emmy, an Oscar, a Tony, and a Grammy at some point in his life. Like, he seems just destined for greatness and mm -hmm. this other guy who the only thing i've seen him in was hail caesar the coen brothers movie from a few years ago which uh -huh. overall i didn't care for that movie it had a great musical number though which i recommend it for that and he has this interesting part and seems like he can act it was like okay i just think the whole solo movie has such a high bar to clear to be good it's, it seems like such a risky thing to take on because not only are you trying to cast Han Solo, who's this iconic character, you have to cast a young Harrison Ford, who is one of the biggest movie stars on the planet. Yep. It's, it's almost not fair to whoever they cast. Yeah, no, I agree. It was an interesting idea to go for from the start. And so, you know, I, again, like I'm not – particularly negative about who they cast to do it i'm just 
I, I have an inherent gut negative reaction to just kind of like, obviously there's no way to cast young Harrison Ford, but anybody that's grown up with these movies, that's what they really want to see in that case. And so once you're not going to get that, it just, it feels like a pretty big um, hurdle to overcome, you know, regardless of all the other stuff that has been out there about the, you know, troubles they've had with, with that movie. So, but, you know, sometimes having those lower expectations going into a movie are, are good. So there's an uncanny Valley to cross with young Han that doesn't seem to be there for young Lando. And I don't know what other elements are at play there. If any. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think the main element is that this is a, you know, as much as I want Lando to be a central <laughs> character to, to Star Wars, because I love him, um, you know, he's, you know, what's the total Lando screen time in, all, in the original trilogy? Not enough. T- ten minutes of screen time? Yeah, I completely agree. Not enough. 15 minutes of stream. I don't know, but it's, you know, he's, he's not one of the central biggest characters. And so, you know, people are just kind of excited to see young Lando played by, yeah. And played by somebody that, you know, generally people really enjoy. And so I think there's just not a, a tendency to cut that more slack than there is. Like you're trying to step into the role of like, you know, again, like one of the most iconic roles, just, in Star Wars and movies in general, like uh, we were talking about the other day at lunch, like in those original, as much as we love the original trilogies, like a lot of the acting is not that great. Um, and, you know, the other actors, well, I guess really none of the actors were that well known when the, the first movie came out. But like Harrison Ford is the the main person that was like really you know, I, I think a good solid actor in those movies and then went on to do a lot of other good solid work. Whereas like the other main characters, like they did some other work, they've done some cool things, but like star Wars was kind of their one thing or, or not their one thing. And that's the wrong way to put it, but like they're, they're really big thing. Whereas Harrison Ford has this whole other, you know, giant list of, of pretty good movies and really, huge blockbusters and whatnot. And so that's, it's just giant shoes to try to fill both, you know, replacing this actor and trying to be this character that, you know, people have so many expectations and feelings about. Yeah. It just surprised me that they would try to do this. I guess they, there's so many other, a star Wars story that they could tell. And the one that I just don't understand what they're waiting for is just casting Ewan McGregor and doing some type of young Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Because that's just like, here's my money. I'll just take it. I'll, I'll go see it. I don't, he could just be looking out at the desert for two hours. And I'm like, okay, I'm there. I'll, I'll watch him do that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, I. it feels like that's going to happen with him looking like Obi-Wan again recently. And, you know, there's been lots of rumors swirling, but it it does seem like an easier one to pull off both with like the, you know, main actor associated with being young Obi-Wan still kind of available and the right age to kind of do that role and whatnot. If the Game of Thrones guys are producing a Obi-Wan, young Obi-Wan trilogy, I think the Twitter might melt down. (laughs) <laughs> they might have to they might have to get some backup servers or something <laughs> yeah it uh 
came across my feed only about a hundred times that day that once that uh, announcement was made. But I don't think it's going to be yeah. Obi Wan. I mean, it sounds like it's yet another new trilogy with you know new characters and whatnot, which which is good too. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to be R-rated. I don't think Disney is ever going to sign off on an R-rated Star Wars movie. No. So people that are hoping and for that, that it, it I think it'd be, to be pretty disappointed. No, there's I agree. A, it's I don't think they really should. There was that. a good meme of the Emperor over Anakin's fried corpse after his lightsaber duel with uh, Obi-Wan. And the Emperor saying something about like, well... Your charred body and you're on fire, but what do we really do to get this into an R? <laughs> <laughs> right. Boobs. Uh, so I guess the last thing we'll, we'll close with, because we um, talk about we think about Donald Glover. We started watching it. My wife and I started watching Atlanta, which I've been wanting to watch since it came out. Um, I've heard nothing mm-hmm. but good things. We watched the first couple episodes. I thought we were going to watch more tonight, but. Um, we'll have to get to it over the weekend, but that's been a really interesting show to start diving into. So I'm excited to finish that. I thought for some reason, I thought the episodes were an hour long, but it's more like a half hour. Mm. So I think we'll be able to get through it pretty quickly. Um, but I certainly recommend that if people haven't, haven't watched yet, even though I've only seen the first two episodes. Yeah. I was really interested in it when it, you know, came out and got really solid reviews because I'm, grew up in atlanta um and i've i've really only seen the pilot i you know don't i I've, i cut the cable quite a while ago and um, it was available for streaming but then they they wanted my money after that and you know on that particular this is like through i think it's on fx or whatever was this original network and like i there wasn't enough on that that i was prepared to to pay to be able to stream that that network so i i hope to be able to watch it and uh not have to pay an exorbitant amount of money to do so it was 10 bucks on amazon for the season that's not mm-hmm. that's not terrible no and what what have you been you so you told me you just finished watching was it altered carbon yeah, speaking of boobs, um, if you're wanting R-rated Star Wars, uh, that's not a bad place to start because it's, I believe, the the highest budget of any Netflix show that they've made to to date, um, and it's very R-rated. Um, you know, I see people calling it cyberpunk. It's you know sci-fi for sure, set in the future where. You know, the, it's supposed to be future our civilization, you know, Earth, et cetera. It's not like another world like Star Wars where we've not only moved into like being on other planets, but we've discovered some sort of alien technology that had allowed people to be able to put sort of who they are their soul, if you will, their personality onto sort of a little disc that is like in the upper part of your spine. And so people can live forever. They can take that out of one body and put it into another um, and whatnot. And then there's a lot of exploration of like all of the things that that means when people don't necessarily have to die, um, you know, sort of the ethical considerations and all kinds of other things set around sort of almost like a mystery, like a noir mystery um, murder type 
story as well. Um, and I thought it was it, it's really well done, really entertaining. Again, very adult, very you know the, there's pretty graphic violence. There's a lot of um, sex and nudity. So if that's not your jam, this is not going to be your show. Um, but uh, really, really, really well done. Um, so if people are kind of looking for uh, some of that Game of Thrones type mature content and more of a cyberpunk sci-fi setting. It's it's a it's a really entertaining show. Cool. And how many episodes are there? I think that maybe ten, and they do clock in at about an hour okay. each. So, um, you know, if you don't binge them like I did, it'll, it'll take you a little while to get through it. Um, and hopefully, it's successful, and they're going to do more. There's, you know, they certainly left that possibility open i think at the end of the series so it sounds like a world you could do a lot of different things in yeah for sure um and uh, yeah i without doing like a whole bunch of spoilers like there were a lot of really um interesting themes like nothing you know (laughs) it's it's not super super highbrow or something but just a lot of really different interesting ideas that were in there that they had the chance to explore over you know 10 or so hour long episodes but also a lot of room to i think do some pretty interesting things in the future so keeping my fingers crossed on that so how would you summarize our episode here uh the 35 minutes of sports ball I have thoughts on sports ball, but I, I think it's too late to get into them now. But just the the use of that <laughs> term, what it represents, and I'm, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I am a fan personally, <laughs> and I and I love me some sports ball. But yeah, well, I think you know when your when your town is hosting the Super Bowl, and not your favorite team, but a team you grew up with is in the game and wins. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to piece apart there, especially when some elements of sports fandom and nerd endeavor fandom cross over more than I think most people realize. Yep. Um, it gets back to the whole fantasy football is, is D and D for, for jocks, that whole, that whole mm-hmm. joke. Yep. So yeah, we will continue to record and, uh, I think probably next time we'll get back to one of our segments. Maybe uh, maybe it's been a little while since we've had specific movie reviews um, mm-hmm. back in the day, so maybe that's something we'll get into. But good chatting as always. Any uh, any final thoughts? Uh, that's gonna that, that nope. that's gonna be cut. We're just gonna cut that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna end the show five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> People will never hear this part. But you can find, if we do keep this, you can find me at the IDM on Twitter. And how can they find you? As always, I am <clears throat> Geekzinga on Twitter. Um, and that's probably the best way to interact with me around this Excellent. show. All right, sir. Well, have a good evening. And I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon. Thanks for yep. listening, folks. We'll see you again later.